Alright, hey there, ho there, hi there. It's your favorite babes of retail. I'm Janelle. And I'm Kim. And we're here to talk to you about Riverdale this week and uh, a few other things. A few other, like, real subtopics. <laughs> we're going to try and make this episode shorter than last week because last week was long. <laughs> yeah, that's... So we can go right into Riverdale. Uh, I'm a piece of shit and I didn't take notes mm-hmm. this week. So we're going to be going off my notes, but that's fine. I mean, I'll still have my own opinion. Of course. Just, yeah. You know. <laughs> so it starts off with Archie campaigning for Fred. And he's going, basically, he's not, like, legitimately campaigning for him. He's more, like, campaigning so he can see if he recognizes the Black Hood. Yeah, which, like, I understand his tactic, but, like... Wh- He's just going to stare everybody in the eyes until he figures out which one's right. And Hiram brought that up to him, too. Like, it just doesn't seem... Plausible. Yeah. Um, And then... So, since the beginning, I've been saying that Hal... Okay, so I went back and listened to our earlier podcast. I think it was on the second one or the third one. Where I mentioned that Hal makes me uncomfortable. There's something about Hal that seems off. And I was like, oh my god, so I've been calling this. Like, I have it on (laughs) recording. But now I said that I'm doubting Hal is the Black Hood, but I can't pinpoint what changed my mind about that. It just feels too easy now. Well, I remember last week you mentioned that, like, because the cast has now recognized that it could be Hal, that it's probably not going to be Hal. Yeah. Because it seems obvious. Yeah, and then that just... Yeah. Um, and then... I'm just going to go in order of my notes, and my notes go in order of the episode, so it's going to be kind of... I don't know, it's going to seem a little sporadic. It's the same structure as them, though. It seems a little sporadic, but yeah. Um, And then it leads into Hiram pushing Archie, or, like, suggesting to Archie that he should reform the Dark Circle. The Dark Circle? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, which is what I noticed in the posters last Mm -hmm. week's trailer. And, um, so it starts off that way, and you're like, of course, Hiram wants him to push for the Dark Circle. He's just, Hiram's just such an instigator. And then, um... It's kind of frustrating, though. I mean, like... I don't under... I mean, okay, I I understand having the Dark Circle back more now than I did before, because, like, now Midge is dead, so, like, it creates a whole new reason for, like, the high schoolers to become, I don't know, like, a force against the Black Hood. But clearly that didn't work the first time. Yeah. Um, And then Hiram mentions that he knows the sheriff very well, and then later in the episode it gets brought up that Hiram and Hermione, like, hired the sheriff. Or they were oh, they re- yeah, definitely. They recommended him, and it's like, a fork- of course they know him. Yeah. So it's just one more piece of that they have control of. Yeah, they're just creating, like, they're filling all these government positions with, like, people that they can control so they can do whatever they want with the whole town. Um, Betty is still lying to Jughead about the, the black yeah. and that's really oh. irritating. That stuff is so annoying to me because Jughead has been so honest with her this entire time, and she's just not. It just doesn't make sense to me. Why it's they it's have really her. fucking frustrating. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see the point in it at this point. Like he, he knows about the black, and he knows the black that is contact with her. It's not like anything he doesn't know. Yeah, and like, why would you want to withhold that information from him? Like, what, what benefit does it give Betty? Right, like for him I don't know. see. Maybe the fact that she thinks he'll be safe if he doesn't know. I guess. But I don't feel like that's But then, like, she told Archie, so... And she told Cheryl. Yeah. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. She just, like, straight told Cheryl today. Yeah. Um, Veronica is still 
trying to like be a part of the family business. Okay, so yeah, I remember why I said this. Uh, Veronica is meeting with like suitors of like the other five families, the other five mob families, and they're gonna try to convince her in a like a business proposition. Mm-hmm. And they are all sitting at the table, and Hermione's like, "Oh, they're all ready to talk to you." And she's like, "Well, I'll talk to you tomorrow." And Hermione is like, why tomorrow? And she's like, this is how I do business. And it's like, Haley, you're still the kid. Like, you're still... I, like, I understand why Veronica did that. Because, like, it put her in the position of power instead of, like, her coming to them. Now they have to come to her. And I get it. But also, it was super annoying and, like, kind of selfish. Yeah. It was it was kind of frustrating to watch her do that. But I did like the little montage of her sitting down with every guy at Pops. Yeah. It was good. I, I thought it was good. And I thought it was funny. And then when um, she picked the casino as one of the ideas, like, to go forward with, Adriana and I were both like, ew, you picked the least attractive dude's idea. Right? <laughs> um, so then Betty goes to talk to Cheryl, and she asked her if she knew that her father was Jason's killer. And Cheryl said that she just kind of, she thought she knew, but, mm-hmm. like, she wasn't sure. And so I just wrote, I wonder how Cheryl knew that Mr. Blossom was Jason's killer. Was it an instinct, or did he subconsciously hint at it, like... Yeah, I feel like... Or, like, did he with not Cheryl, work hard enough to find Jason? Because, like, her and Jason were so close. Um, and then after they had that, like, little meeting about Betty thinking that Hal is the Black Hood and basically just confiding in Cheryl. Yeah, and that whole little scene with Cheryl, and she seems, like, really normal... Yeah. Like, not at all crazy. Like, they changed her character's personality again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I wrote down in another set of notes that they kind of just let... Like, they brought Cheryl being gay into the story and then, like, totally abandoned that kind yeah. of... Yeah. They brought it up for a minute in the Carrie episode, but it's like, I mean, okay, I get it. She's a normal person and whatever, but it's like, are you just not going to do anything with that after? They could even do something small. Like, we could have seen a scene of Betty, like, going up to Cheryl and asking her if they could talk, and Cheryl's, like, eating lunch with Tony or something. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't even have to be, It doesn't have like, to be a big thing. It just could be, just be normal. Just acknowledging that their relationship still exists outside of that one plot episode. Yeah. And then I, like, I just wrote down that I love that Cheryl and Betty acknowledge each other as cousins. Because that's yeah. something I forget. That's, like, the one thing they've kept going that I totally forgot about. Um... The Blossom Blood. And then it comes out that Hiram is encouraging Archie to reform the Dark Circle because he's using it as a ploy to distract everyone from the election. Um, yeah. And, and, then, and it's a very Hiram thing to do. And, of course, Archie's going to play right into it because even though Hiram, like, consistently shows reason for Archie not to trust him, he still does everything he asks him to do. Yeah, and um, in those other notes that you were writing when you were going back through the podcast you mentioned like what happened to their blood pact Mm -hmm. and and it does really seem like Archie is significantly more loyal to this blood pact well and and it it, um was it last week he threw him under yeah yeah last last week week, he threw him under so if you make a blood pact with somebody like that I assume that that means that you have their back and then all of a sudden uh Archie gets kidnapped and then Hiram's like, well, he's not my blood. It's like, so what? What was the blood pack for, dude? Yeah, like oh, he swore Lord. to you. Shouldn't you at least try to help? He did him? not swear to you to be your bodyguard. Yeah. Like, um, Midge had been dating a serpent, and it was Fangs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which then it's just like whatever. Midge is just a hoe, I guess. Well, like, and then um, Reggie flew off the handle about it, 
And I wrote down that Reggie acts like Midge didn't have a choice in dating a serpent. But, like, he basically acts like he, like, made her see him against her will, which we know isn't true. Because, yeah. like, from watching the show, we know that the serpents are actually decent-ass people. Yeah, and also, like, Reggie isn't even the one that was dating Midge. Like, it was Moose. And then, so why is he so offended? And then that makes Fangs the... And then, uh, oh yeah, so that made Fangs, like, the number one suspect for Midge's killer. But this just leads me back to Kevin. Because yeah. Kevin was dating, or Kevin was interested in Moose and they had that thing and then... I just don't see why they would, that wouldn't make Kevin a suspect. But, I mean, if it's not common knowledge, which it isn't, then whatever. Um, yeah, because Moose is still, I guess, like, semi in the closet about this situation yeah. with Kevin. But Midge obviously knew. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we I'm saw pretty her, sure like, catch him or something at some point. But, yeah, Kevin Which is probably why he suspect. didn't care that much about things. Yeah. Um, but then, after we find out that things was with... Midge, or seeing Midge, uh, Reggie and everybody, like, storms into the serpent meeting, and I, you know, it's just normal bullshit of, like, them calling each other names, but what I thought was really great was Archie was holding his guys back, and Jughead was holding his guys back, Mm -hmm. and it's like, they face each other, and there's such a division between them, like, it's physically and metaphorically, like, it's just, it's so blatant and i thought the symbolism was really good in that yeah that was a really great scene and also the look they both give each other is like oh my god what do we do yeah um and then hiram pointed out later in the episode that uh to hermione that they have control over the mayor's office and the newspaper and it's like okay we knew that but the fact that now they're pointing it out and now they have technical control over the sheriff's office it's like yeah there's no freedom of press they have control of the government now they've got the sheriff it's it's ridiculous. They have a monopoly on the entire city at this point. It's it's annoying. They honestly. could do whatever they wanted to. And then talking about uh, the newspapers, Alice and Betty go back to working at the register. But the reason that um, Betty suggested it was because she wanted to be snooping on her dad. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I th- I still think it's a good idea. Like if they're really gonna try to be a family, and like Alice and Hal are gonna try to fix everything, yeah. Then it's it it would be good to try to fall. Like obviously, it's not gonna fall back into place perfectly. But they have to try. Yeah. They have to put their best foot forward, you know? Mm-hmm. And then a side note is um, Vanessa Morgan, who plays... Tony. Tony. And the guy who plays Reggie just got added as cast members, like official cast members to the Woo! show. So I thought that was great. But I'd really like to see Jordan Connors, who plays Sweet Pea, get added to the cast as well. He's a cutie pie. He is. Um, okay, and so, uh, he didn't cover his neck tattoo in this episode, I noticed. Okay. So I didn't know this. But. Um, yeah, so I wonder if, like, they're being less I feel like it's, like, serpents. like, work. Like, they're, like, dress code, dress code, dress code. And then a couple months go by, and they're, like, <laughs> eh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I just made a note that Veronica looks really great in glasses. I think she looks adorable in glasses, and they should make that a more constant look for her. Yeah, because... she looks real studious. Mm-hmm. And then back to Archie and Jughead. Um, I just said that two leaders who used to be best friends now trying to work together will keep the peace within their own groups who hate on who hate one another. I think this is my favorite plot line because let's be honest, <laughs> uh, Archie and Jughead make decent leaders when they're in the right headspace. Yeah. So they're both they both fly off the handle a little bit, but when they're in their like calm headspace, they both do things. 
fairly reasonably. Yeah. And I think Archie and Jughead have come to a common ground of like, yes, like you are with the serpents and yes, I'm not, but that doesn't mean we can't work together. I feel like their relationships are mending a little bit. And then the end of the episode happens. We'll talk about that in a minute. Well, I think but. that's just going to be... Uh, hopefully, it'll be resolved in this next episode. Like, the two of them will be able to sip both their groups down and talk gonna to them. A lot's going to happen Oh, well, I doubt that. You know, we both know that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> new sheriff's hot. Hello. Yeah. Just had to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> okay, so this... Later in the episode, when she tells her parents about the... Or when she decides about the Sweetwater Casino, I put um, the Sweetwater Casino to go with the new for-profit prison. Let's see how this affects the campaign. Could end up just being another bad play on the lodges part. I feel like they're thinking uh, too big town for such a small town, trying to make it something it's not. Yeah, they're definitely trying to make Riverdale but, like a bigger city, but more urban. They didn't go for it, so I wrote that before she told them about mm-hmm. it and before he shut her down. And then, um, but then Veronica still keeps trying to push it, and she figures out how she can make it work, and she talks to. Um, Josie's mom. But then she goes to Hiram and Hiram shuts it down and he's like, uh, all that money you got from the ransom, I put it in a trust. So she doesn't have the money she thought she had. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. I kind of feel bad, but like when Veronica starts going off on Hiram, she's like, oh, well, I'll just do it myself then. I've got money. Like, but you're 17? Yeah. I don't think you're legally allowed to make a casino. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then it comes out that Papa Foutine. Okay. So uh, back to when they're talking about the casino with the one guy, the ugly guy. Yeah. Um, Veronica excuses herself to go to the bathroom, and the guy's like, hey, you're the guy who took down Papa Poutine or whatever, and it comes up that Papa Poutine's son, Small Fry, of course, <laughs> is after um, Archie. And then this is unsettling for me because now that uh, Small Fry's out for blood right after Nick Sinclair, mm-hmm. it's like oh my god, Archie's never going to get a break. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. Like, Archie just can't seem to get free. But the weird thing is, so you remember um, when Archie was trying to act all big and tough to, like, the other mob bosses? And he said, like, oh, well, I took out Papa Poutine for Hiram. Like, he was trying to act all tough. And then now... So I can see why that got spread. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta watch your tongue. And then the kid is like, ooh, we heard you took out Papa Poutine. And then he's like, no, 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 I didn't. That wasn't me. Um, and then Hal, like, as the episode goes through, because Hal starts to look a little bit more suspicious, they find the Nancy Drew book in right. his hair, what is it, Fair B&B or something like, like that? Share B&B? Because I think he has a roommate, is what they were getting at. Oh. And then, oh. Yeah, exactly. So that was the first time in the episode that I was immediately like, oh, Hal is working with somebody else. Like, oh. he's still the Black Hood, but... So then, you know, he said that it was a birthday present for Betty, and she... Whatever. So we'll get back to that. She knew that it was the cipher. Yeah. Um, And then I wrote, uh, Fred got a note which said, you're next sinner. But it looks so out of character for the Black Hood. Not the same writing as previous notes. So could could I be right? Could Svensson just been the groundwork guy before? Just someone to take the fall for? Or could it be a cult of people? Which, once again, I know I said it already, but I hope it's not a cult. It would make the most sense. But God are so played out so like thinking about that letter when i saw it too i also thought that's weird because usually he does like the cut up magazine thing Mm -hmm. and then i know we just had that in the last episode or two episodes ago with ethel but it still would have made more sense for it to be the same i think there was notes in writing before yeah but even with that this writing was in the center of the page and really sloppy yeah it was horrible it didn't make sense 
And so there has to be at least two people. Like, yeah. It's more than just one. And then Fred, being the guy, awesome, honest guy he is, he tells Hermione and Hiram about it. And Hiram's like, we should call off the debate. Yeah. And of course Fred doesn't go for that. But it's like, of course Hiram wants to call off the debate. He wants to do anything that can help them. Yeah, that makes them look better. Oh, okay. And then here's where it gets interesting. Betty gets a call while she's at the newspaper place, which yes. I can't remember the name of. Yeah, uh, it's something with an R. Yeah. Um, so then oh, register. It's, yeah. So they found a body in a... They found a body in the men's room of a rest stop outside of Greendale. So she goes to check out the body, and the body isn't Chick. Yes, I and know. And I was like, oh, my... And then I wrote... I said, but the body wasn't Chick. Janelle's theory could very well end up being right. Yeah, I don't think he's dead. So I think, like, he's somewhere. And I think that he was working with the Black Hood slash Hal, whatever. And so, like, there's possibility that Chick is another member of this, like, hood circle cult, for lack of a better term. Yeah. You know? I just, um, but I was, I was shocked because, like, in the preview, it looked like it was Chick. Yeah. And, then, and the dude still kind of looked like Chick. When they unzipped it, there was a moment there where I thought, is that Chick? Right? Is that still Chick? And then there, she's like, it's not him. And I was like, and then Cheryl's all normal and helpful. But yeah, still. weird, though, because, like, Cheryl probably should have had more of a reaction to it than she did. She um, should have been a little more shook to the core of her bosom. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> what throws me off about this episode a little bit, or what throws me off about the block that I said, the body type, um, he's such a, bro- he has very broad shoulders and seems like a very burly man. Like, when you look at him, he looks like he's, like, six foot something, mm-hmm. and he's a broad man. And I have yet to see a character in the show that resembles that. Yeah, I think Hal they do that on probably purpose. the closest. Yeah, and then, but- like... Maybe, and I don't think that this is a real possibility, but, like, maybe Sheriff Keller. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. But But I don't think he's, like, a real potential Black Hood. And then Betty comes out about her darkness, and Hal says that he has the darkness, too. And at one point, like, when he was separate from them, that he felt like he was drowning in it. Yeah, and I thought for sure that, like, him and Betty were going to have a whole little conversation about, like, how he is the Black Hood, and he's glad that she caught on to being him or some crap, you know? Yeah. And then um, there's a video of Fangs talking to Midge in the dressing room, and that got leaked. So now everybody can see that, and then that sends uh, everybody into a freaking crazy frenzy. So they go and arrest him at school, and a knife falls out of his pocket. But he's in a freaking gang, so you expect him not to carry a knife on him. Yeah, and honestly, like, I know people in high school who didn't, ha- like, who weren't in a gang that had a knife. Exactly. Like... My brother has a Men knife just for funsies. Men especially just carry around, like, pocket knives in their pocket. Yeah. For whatever reason. It could be, like, hey, I need to cut this string. Mm, let me pull up my knife really or, quick. Or, like, you know, popping the cap off of bottles or all kinds exactly. of crap, you know? So I was like, but they're overreacting like crazy. Um, sometimes, that doesn't mean you're a murderer. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes when I look at KJ Appa, who is Archie. Archie. He reminds me of Dallas, like, certain parts of his face. <laughs> and I wrote that down because I was like, what's happening? Um, okay, so then... This note was, God damn it, Reggie. <laughs> Why did you organize them to go after the serpents? Archie was right by calling him too much of a loose cannon. This is just going to make things worse for Archie. So then it so then it looks like Archie's okay with them going after it because he's a part of this group now. Right, and then Jughead calls Archie and he's like, Dude, He looks so fuck? genuinely scared. It hurt my feelings so oh. bad. Um, and then Skyrim is pay... Skyrim. Hiram, I was like, "What? Are we Hiram, about Skyrim now is paying the Dark Circle. 
Yeah, and it, he like and he, he gave and he handed it over to Reggie. Yeah. So now Archie's been kicked out of his own group that he's created, essentially because he's not willing to do what they want to do. And Reggie, who's just like a psycho and wants to beat up anybody without a trial, is their leader. Yeah. Really, really great. Oh, and then at the debate, uh, Hermione opens with that they caught Mitch's killer. So the note I put for that was, it's so ridiculous for Hermione to come out and say that Fangs is Mitch's killer when the case isn't even closed yet. Has she has she ever watched an episode of Law and Order? <laughs> because for real. Like, no, but seriously, like that's our entire like judicial system. You have to have a trial. Exactly. So you can't... Because here's the thing, and this could backfire on Hermione, and I'm okay, but if, I, if she came out and said, Fangs is the killer, and then somebody, while... Fangs is clearly in custody, got mm-hmm. killed right outside the courthouse, then and the Black Hood was stepping. Yeah, exactly. And then, um... So it was a really bold statement. Yes, and part. then it shows, um, Kevin sitting in the row, and he's, like, with the Bulldogs now, and I'm like, Kevin is such a goddamn sheep. Yeah. Like, you're with the circus, you're against them, you're with them, you're against them, and it's like, whoever benefits you the most... That irritates me so much about And Kevin's I can't character. decide if it's, like, an actual character trait or if it's the writers just deciding that they want to do something different with Kevin every fucking week. Right? And then, um... I'm reading, sorry, hold on. So, um... I said Hermione saying that Fangs is Midge's killer is just going to get him killed by the Black Hood to prove that he didn't kill Midge or get him killed by somebody else. Right. And then, um... Fred was like, well, we don't know if Fangs is the killer, and that's my man, Fred. I know. Honest and true. Um, and then Hermione comes back with this crap about the Dark Circle and saying, like, your yep. own son created this. Yep, and so I said, it started only because Hiram told him to, and Hiram really knows how to plan his shit out, because I did not see that coming. Yeah, I know, and it made Fred look like an ass. Uh, yeah, because Fred did it now, and I feel so bad for Fred. Yeah. And, like, it's not even Archie's fault because he wasn't trying to do any of this stuff that they've done recently. He's not trying to be that bad of a person. He's just trying to get the Black Hood. And then, uh... He's just trying to protect his dad. The Black Hood shoots up the frickin' debate. And And then then it's not how. And it's not how. And then at some point I was like, what is he shooting at? Because he just kept shooting and I was like, bruh, like... I don't think he was actually trying to kill anyone. I think he was just trying to scare people. And then I said officially in my notes that the Black Hood is a cult. And I say that for now. Yeah. Like, my mind might change next week when we watch more. Yeah, we're using the word cult loosely here. Yeah, very loosely. Um, but I, it's definitely, like, I, I still think it's how, but there's definitely somebody else involved, too. And then early in the episode, the sheriff was like, I will lock down uh, City Hall for this debate like a tuna can or something. Yeah. And then I was like, what happened to that? Because he didn't seem to do a very good job of it. No, because obviously the Black Hood got in, unless the Black Hood was already there and, like, went and changed. Maybe. So it was somebody else Maybe. in the town hall. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, how does Hiram expect to have an allegiance with Archie when he blatantly throws things back in his face? Like, he yeah. expects loyalty from Archie, but then is, like, throwing him under the bus at every turn, and then giving away the black, or dark circle, then telling, uh, Having Hermione call him out for everything. 
Which I think honestly brings us back to the blood oath thing. Like, where? Why? What's the point? Why did you do this if you're obviously not going to commit yourself to Archie? And I can't imagine that Archie's going to stay alongside Hiram at this point. Yeah, I don't. He doesn't have a reason to. And at the end of the episode, Veronica switches sides, which brings me back to a point that I listened to earlier in the podcast. She gave him the buttons. Remember? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, could have been foreshadowing. I mean, oh, that's true. Yeah. But also, I was just thinking. You mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts that you like how things unfold as they go. And I'm wondering if the writers are just making up things as they go. Yeah, probably. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then Hermione's all shaken up. Shaken up? Yeah, shaken. Up. She's shaken after the debate mm-hmm. because, you know, she got shot at and she's all crying. And then Hiram's like, we're not, you're not, not running for office. Like, you're yeah, gonna like, keep this going. Is still going. And then I because said, I can't believe Dick. I said, I can't believe Hiram cares more about this business than he does his wife's life. Which but just, I think I said that at some point yes, too. Which just brings up the point because you said, I wonder what would happen if Hermione was put under, like, or if she, uh, yeah, was like in, danger. She was in danger. And yeah, it just goes to show that he doesn't care. Um, I said, I want to hate Hal so much, but this episode makes me like him a bit because he was kind of a decent, normal dude this episode. Which I think is honestly the first time ever. <laughs> um, so then that just leading me to... Okay, so then she confronts him about the Nancy Drew book. And he gives her answer. But then, okay, where was he the night that chick disappeared? Mm-hmm. And why didn't Betty ask him that? She just hugged him. And it's like, can you just get to the point, please? Yeah, I, I think that like she wants to believe that her dad isn't bad. So that's what she's trying to believe. And then, but she's missing like all these other points that show us it's Hal. At least he's a part of it, yeah. You know? And then Jughead goes back to the trailer. What if the Black Hood is hired by Hiram? Maybe I wouldn't be surprised. We thought that since the beginning. Her, uh, Veronica's thought that. Yeah. Because uh, he went after Fred first. Yeah. Um. Then Jughead goes back to the trailer and talk to his dad, and Joaquin's there because Joaquin's gonna help him. I know that beautiful gay boy. Oh, I know. Uh, Joaquin's gonna help. Frank's escape, but then that's when Jughead's like, um, there's gonna be a freaking mob down there. People are pissed. And then, um... And then they get there, and they all circle around Fangs, and they're trying to sneak him out. But, yes, which I thought was really cute. But and before he's that, a part of it, and he's spearheading the... He's so cute. Anyway. You see Hiram talking to Reggie in his study with whiskey, just like Archie. <sighs> and I said, Hiram is such a sleaze. I can't believe that he's now... Uh, just using high school boys to do his dirty work. I yeah, mean, I can't, the- I can believe it, but I don't like it. Maybe the other mob goons were right about Hiram when they said he he lost his edge. Because I feel like if I'm a mob boss, Why I would don't I need high school teams? boys. Yeah. Yes. Because, like, okay, yes, they're very impressionable. They will listen to me. But also, you look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, and why then, do you have a mobster group? Or like, but maybe that's why, why he's it? using kids, because he knows that kids will fly off the freaking handle. Like, yeah. they just too controlled by their emotions. Um, and That's then, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's not relevant. Um, and then Betty calls Hal and was like, Dad, I want to talk to you. I don't think we're done with our conversation earlier. And then I think she went full dark Betty at the end of this episode. Yeah. 100%. I think so, too. And then... Um, Which, honestly, she um, needs to. But see, I don't know what Betty's plan is. And it says that she's, like, she's laying all this stuff out, right? Yeah. And I don't know if Hal's already there and he's, like, tied up or something. Or if she's, like, just talking to herself. I think she's waiting for him to appear. I think so, too, but I couldn't tell. Hmm. I guess we'll see what happens this week. So many people showed up to Fang's getting released, including Reggie, who had a gun. 
Yes. And then, uh, where'd he get that gun, I wonder? Hmm? And then Archie tackles Reggie because he doesn't want to shoot him. And then things get shot. Yeah, the gun goes off and it's and a little ambiguous on who it was who shot him. Because it's on the floor and it's Reggie and it's Archie, like, laying on the ground. And they're both of their arms are extended and it looks like... They both shot, and then the episode ends with the Blackfoot at Cheryl's house. Yeah. So, that was a wild ride. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, and then the trailer for next week looks like it, or this week, I guess now, looks like it's going to be just as ridiculous and crazy. Yeah. But it should be good. I, I wonder who, why Hermione has a gun. I wonder if the Black Hood shows up there, or if she's pointing the gun at something else. But, moving forward, um, we wanted to talk, or at least mention, the Infinity War box office grossing. It's at $1.167 billion, which is ridiculous. Um, it's broken a whole bunch of awards, and it's um, the fastest movie to ever reach a billion. Um, it completely destroyed Justice League's entire theater grossing within its first week. The movie is doing absolutely well, and if you have not seen it, you should go see it. Um, now it's important that you've watched, like, the previous Marvel movies, uh, especially because, like, a lot of these characters, if you haven't seen the other movies, like, you're not going to know who they are. Um, and obviously last week we spent a great deal of time talking about it, so I don't want to spend too much time talking about Infinity War, but I've seen it now for the third time yesterday, and it still is amazing. Really holds up. Um, all my reactions were, like, just as strong and powerful as they were before. So, you know, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, next up we have a Reddit contemplation. And the first one, we have two for today, but the first one is... What topic instantly gets you started on an old man rant? Okay, and 100%, the first thing that I thought about was um, Fox's X-Men movies. <laughs> like, I think I get so instantly triggered by these that, like, anybody asking me any question just derails me. It could be the simplest question, too. Like, oh, what is Cyclops' power? Uh, and I would just derail, like, in all kinds of scripts. Yeah, but they don't do this right because of mm -hmm. this. His character's wrong. <laughs> uh, I don't really know if I have one like this, because, or like like that. I mean, obviously, your old man rant is Vietnam. <laughs> obviously. My war flashbacks that comes with it. Um, there are things that I do rant about, like sex trafficking and stuff, but it's, like, serious stuff. It's not, like... Like, something that makes you irrationally angry. I guess that's kind of what it is. Like, what makes you, like, irrationally angry and then you just, like, spiral out with it? I don't think I have an example. Dang. Yeah. Well, good for you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, mm. Star Wars. Oh, really? But, like, the newer the ones. The newer ones? Yeah, like, when the people The Last Jedi, specifically. Not yeah. even. Oh. When people, like... Like, okay, so when one of our coworkers asked me what I thought of The Last Jedi, and I went on a straight rant about it. And I was like, oh, I was okay. And by the end of it, I was like, I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, we did discuss that the other day. Mm -hmm. So that would probably be mine. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, I guess going back to TVs and movies, um, I started re-watching Superstore because I just finished the season finale, and my boyfriend tuned in to it the last couple episodes with me and so then he wanted to start from the beginning so now I'm re-watching them from the beginning and this show is 
hilarious. Um, I, I actually thought- saw on Reddit the other day that like the casting for the Office, the Parks, like Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and Superstore is all done by the same woman. Sweet. Yeah. I thought the show was taken off the air. Oh no, I don't think so. Hmm. I at least like when I so I watch it on Hulu, but um, like you know on Hulu they'll do like the little channel um thing beforehand, mm-hmm. and they still did the NBC thing. Okay. So I mean maybe they're airing it online. I don't know, I could be um, this wrong. last episode was a little bit uh, like like the season finale was a little um inappropriate. They had to censor some parts. So like maybe there was some on camera sex. I mean, which isn't a big deal for most shows, but like if it's on NBC or like ABC or something. Yeah, no, you know? I gotcha, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um But it's so good. And I would definitely throw it up in the ranks with those uh, aforementioned TV shows. Okay. I've seen a couple episodes. It's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, when we were watching the first couple episodes, <laughs> so the transitions are always something, like, really stupid, but unfortunately super real if you've ever worked in retail. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's there's one transition where somebody comes out of the fitting room and they just drop, like, this whole mountain of clothes just on the fitting room table. And the poor associate just looks at the customer. No, no words are exchanged, just a glance, and then the customer walks away without saying anything. And Nick's like, can I just have an entire episode of the transitions? Seriously. <laughs> That's why, like, when I go and try on clothes, like, even if I'm not getting any of the clothes that I picked up, I still go put them back. Yeah. And, like, at the very least, I put them back on the hanger. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And not inside out, because, like, I had customers do that to me once before, too. That's annoying. That's just rude. It was the fucking worst. Like, why would you do that? I still have to take it off the hanger and turn it back, like, the correct way. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Anyway. How rude. (laughs) In other news. uh... News out today that um, Fortnite is going to be getting an Infinity Wars thing added to it and Thanos is going to be in it. Yeah, I was reading about it just before and it sounds like um, the Infinity Gauntlet is going to be on the map and if you find it then you transform into Thanos. That's going to make the game suck. It's only for like a week. Still. <laughs> and it's like a certain version. Like you have to be want- like willing to click that one. Hmm. At least that's what it sounded like. Okay. Like it's a certain playable mode. Oh, okay, yeah, I gotcha. That's um, awesome. Yeah, that's kind of neat, though. And uh, I read that it happened because um, the Russo brothers said that, like, in between directing the movie, they uh, would take breaks and play games of Fortnite, and they thought it would be cool to, like, incorporate that in some way. That's they awesome. didn't think anything was going to happen, but here we are. Good for them. Yeah, that's cute. The Russo brothers play the same game you play. Our twins. Oh! Twins! <laughs> <laughs> and then our last topic is the finer things, uh, the book club we have going. I finished Ready Player One, and I give that book a 10 out of 10. Which, like, I'm really happy to hear. Not that I, I would have thought it would be anything less, uh-huh. but, um, like, I have a hundred, well, less than a hundred pages to go now. I'm in level three, so I'm in the end game. And it kept my interest from start to finish. Cool. But yeah, it was just, it 100% kept me interested the entire time. Like, I I didn't, I, there was very, 
there wasn't really a lull in the book. Like, there were slower parts for sure, but there was no part where I, like, put it down for a few days because I was like, man, this is boring. Yeah, and I feel like when there were, like, potential lulls in the story, they, like, did the little dot, 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 and then picked up after he had done, like, this thing that could have been potentially really boring yeah, to hear about. Yeah, he really did a good job with saying, like, he built it up to being, like, okay, here's this epic quest, and here's where why it's this quest and here's what it entails and here's what could happen Mm -hmm. and then instead of taking you through this entire long quest and it's like and then it takes you to like the tail end like as he's finishing it and you're like cool so i don't have to sit and read 12 pages of him going through this quest instead yeah which i thought was really smart yeah so smart on the author's part I'm interested to finish this and see if the ending was anything like the movie because so far (laughs) they're vastly different uh mediums how does the movie end Okay, so Kim has to block her face because she has no poker face. Um, so the movie, um, okay, so where I'm at in the book, like, he has just been, uh, become an indentured servant for the, um, IOI. And in the movie, they had Artemis become, uh, indentured servant, but, like, less in, like, the payment kind of way and more like she just kind of got captured. And then, um, she ended up, like, fighting them from the inside like she was actually able to uh like tear down um some of their forces and they didn't know it was her because she was using like some random um account instead of like actually being artemis which i i guess is probably where this is going to go to but like with wade instead of her which is an interesting thing to change um and then, like, the other side of it is that there's, like, an all-out battle, um, like, on the outside, which, again, again is probably where this is going. But it just makes it so weird because the rest of the book was so different. So, for the ending to be similar... Okay. ...would be weird. Okay. Um, I, I was looking through the cast because I was like, I wonder what they look like. Because mm-hmm. I picture what I picture. And then I find something out and I was like... Oh my god, but you already know because you've seen the movie. Right. But I was like, oh my god. What part of it? H. Oh, yeah. I was reading and then it comes out and I was like, wait, that's amazing. <laughs> and it's cute. Okay, so that is in the book too. That's good. Yeah. Um, I like that actress. Um, I don't she, know who it is. She's but. in Master of None. I don't know her name, but I like her a lot in Master of None. Um, yeah. So we're probably gonna do a whole podcast for that's this the plan. Book club. The plan is to do potentially and like hopefully we can get everybody together. But honestly, I feel like if if we can't, it just doesn't work out. Then you and I can do it. Yeah, it's not a big deal. But we'll figure it out. Um, well, ho- hopefully we can have Kaylee. Is I gonna, thought, yeah, I gonna, thought Kaylee would want to. Kaylee will probably get the book done. I told her we're getting we're trying to finish it up here soon, mm-hmm. so she'll probably get hers done for, relatively soon. Cool. How's your brother doing on it? I don't know. I haven't asked. I don't even think he's read it. So oh, I'm okay. not counting on him at all. Okay, okay. So. Cool. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. Um, yeah. Follow us on Tumblr. Oh, yeah. At Babes of Retail Podcast. And on Twitter at Babes of Retail. Uh, you could find us on iTunes, which then means that you could pretty much find us on any podcast app. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also... 
Uh, you can email us at babesofretail at gmail.com. And you can see the website, which is uh, babesofretail.blueberry.com. And oh, no, just, start net. Sorry. Which is also linked on the iTunes yes. podcast. So, yeah. Woohoo! Uh, have a good week. And we'll see you next week.